What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Delicious Podcast here. Welcome to episode 173 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Tuesday evening. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the debut episode of last week this week where I discuss last week's episode of NXT break down what I love and what I hated and then get you prepared for tomorrow night's episode of NXT this week and we'll discuss everything from there so a little bit of a new format same old Rigor Moreau you know all the, you know same everything same same but different alright uh, once again I hope you guys are enjoying your your Tuesday so far and what better way to kick and end your Tuesday properly than with an episode of the Young Lions Perspective. So, let's break down NXT from last week. Now, this is the post-fallout, the post-takeover fallout episode of NXT. And I started getting some things going um, as we head now towards TakeOver Tampa going down April 4th of 2020 and we got a couple of good things that came out of this episode um that's not to say nxt didn't come out unscathed i would say from my perspective no pun intended that this wasn't one of their better episodes this was kind of one of usually before they started going live usually what they would do is they would just it would just be a regular old um Pulse Fallout show, couple of matches, but they would go through the entirety of what happened at the or the latest takeover. Now that we're in NXT live mode, they're going right into their road to Tampa. As we are now literally 40 days away from WrestleMania 36, 39 days technically away from NXT takeover Tampa. get some more sparkling water there so let's get into what I love about last week's episode of NXT and I think the most important thing we got out of this is that they are starting the beginnings of rivalries and that's always a good thing they are starting the beginnings of new feuds um, which is always a, which is always what you want to do especially coming out of uh, a takeover now Let's keep it all the way funky. We are now literally five episodes away, five or six episodes away from NXT TakeOver Tampa going down in early April. I love the fact that they started everything. The most important one that we got out of this was Tommaso Ciampa. And... I enjoyed the way they got um, Champa involved with this. Now they did it in the form of Champa interrupting Austin Theory's matchup, which always is an interesting way to go about things. So they had Theory come out, do his entrance and all that stuff, waiting for his opponent to go down. Immediately, Champa storms to the, down the ramp. Now. Champa was in Theory's opponent last Wednesday, but he immediately gets in the ring, 
He gets a, walks around the ring, grabs a mic. Fans are chanting, Danny's home. He starts off NXT TakeOver Portland, and immediately, Theory steps up to Champa. And Champa looked like he was not fucking around on this evening. He tells Theory straight up, not tonight. Not tonight. Theory backs up, gives the man his space, lets him continue on with his thing. A part of me feels like maybe I should have seen all this coming. I was so focused on Goldie and getting my life back that I stopped paying attention to my surroundings. There were subtle signs, like the odd timing of a tag team reunion, referring back to Worlds Collide when DIY took on Mustache Mountain, and what I thought was a pretty good match. I'd stop listening to my instincts. But if one thing goes hand in hand with Tommaso Ciampa and the NXT Championship, it is always, it is and always has been Johnny Gargano. Fans start channeling uh, Johnny Sucks with Chance of No follow behind that. He continues on saying, I'm not doing the cliche, why Johnny, why? I know why. You know why, Johnny. And if there's one thing I know, and of course, Theory, girl starts getting impatient, wanting to get on with his match, steps up the champ again, immediately gets decked by Theory. I believe Theory fell out of the ring at this point. He said, if one thing is very clear, in order to get my life back, there can be no Johnny Gargano in NXT. And, one, and now, friends once again become bitter enemies. So after the promo, he gets out of the ring. Theory gets up and looks like he's going to go after Champa. Eats a boot from Champa. And then he pretty much gets pissed off. Hits him with a psycho knee. And then just throws him from railing to railing back and forth. What seemed like, I mean, according to the chair shot, it was like 11, chair, 11 times Theory just got destroyed going into the rails. And... We are now at a we're now beginning the fever pitch. We're now beginning the road to Champa Gargano at NXT Takeover Tampa. And I stated when we talked last about Champa Gargano. The fact that they're returning to the storyline of Gargano and Champa going back to last year around this time. We knew it was going to be Gargano Champa to take over New York. And we never got that for reasons I have explained. Vince McMahon pretty much bringing up Gargano Champa, Black, Alistair Black, and Ricochet for matches. Didn't really, they weren't really needed. Champa unfortunately got injured and had to relinquish the NXT Championship. We didn't get the match we wanted at TakeOver New York. But we are now five, six weeks away from getting the match we needed. NXT TakeOver Tampa, Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. I think the only way they can settle this, and I believe I said this last time out as well when I talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly, that was NXT TakeOver Portland. This has to end with Hell in a Cell. There's no two ways about it now. This feud, and I'll probably, and I'll, ease, and I'll say this with confidence big time. This has probably been the most important feud 
that NXT has ever done. I'm going to say that again. This is without a doubt the most important rivalry NXT has ever done. This, I believe this brand has spanned out across 10 years, close to it. And I've seen some crazy feuds. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Cole Gargano, Cole Champa. But Champa Gargano, for my money, and for what we have seen over the past maybe two and a half years now, has been without a doubt the most important feud NXT has ever done. NXT created this out of literally not thin air, but out of necessity. We just didn't know the heights Champ and Garcano were going to reach, the depths both men were willing to go as friends, former tag team champions, and as enemies. Think about how this feud started. Take over Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago. It was after they lost after they lost their bid to regain the NXT Tag Team Championship. Getting a little bit of a curtain call. Crowd behind them, of course. Gargano and Champa unsuccessful in regaining their championships at the top of the ramp. Pretty much credits going on. You know, we're gonna we're seeing the NXT takeover credits, and all of a sudden, Champa throws Gargano into the LED board. Attacking Gargano, which began this long, amazing, beautiful feud that has literally spanned over two and a half years, close to it. I would say two years. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it rounded. And throughout the two years, they have gone to war against each other and gone to war with each other. The, the unsanctioned match. The last man standing match. The battles they've had. The years they've taken off their careers. Just for one man to get over on the other. And now. It looks as if they're about to create their final act. But this time around Gargano's the one. That is being hunted. Not Champa. Don't get it twisted. Champa, at his finest, is a heel. Champa will always be at his finest when he is in heel form. Hands down. <laughs> NXT is going to be very careful with this. They have, I'd say, close to, what, six weeks of build? These two are going to literally do everything they can to gain a psychological advantage against each other. Anything and everything. I love every single minute of what happened with Champa 
on Wednesday, last Wednesday night. And I am, I really can't wait to see what is going to go down between Champ and Gargano for the next five, six weeks. I think NXT knows what they're about to get themselves into. And I hope the end game ends with Helena Sellett take over Tampa. This is the only way this feud needs and has to end. Gargano and Champa, one last time. Inside the confines of Helena Cell. It's the only way to finish it. Now, a lot of people have soured on the Helena Cell match over the past few years. Given the fact that, and most recently, the Seth Rollins Bray Wyatt matchup that literally became one of the worst moments of 2019 without question. It's the reason that people like myself do not believe in this being a standalone pay per view. Go back as far, go even go back to the Bailey Sa- uh, was Sasha Banks Charlotte match a couple of years back. That match was absolutely atrocious. It did nothing. It, it didn't, you know, didn't really do much in terms of, you know, really revving up the needle. But this has been a bitter feud for two years. This has to end in no other place than Hell in a Cell. I think Triple H kind of has an idea of what he wants to do. I hope the end game is Hell in a Cell. And I hope they absolutely give us an instant classic coming up fourth. There's no other way to put it. There's no other, no two ways about it. It has to end in Hell in a Cell. A bloody battle. A war. To end all wars in NXT. This is going to be probably one of their proudest moments in the history of the brand. When Gargano and Champa step in the ring one last time. In Tampa. Hell in a cell. Not a title on the line. Just two men who hate each other. Bianca Belair interrupting Caden Carter and Chelsea Green's matchup last week was Kanye West-esque, if you will. Very Kanye West-like. Pretty much we get... It's towards the end of the match, by the way. After uh, Green uh, goes after Caden Carter, grabs her by the hair, whips her into the corner, Casey goes up and on under, tries to roll her, Green holds the rope standing on Casey's hair. Green starts stomping on Carter, but Bianca Belair out of nowhere just comes in. Screaming, uh-uh, uh-uh. Bianca tells Chelsea, I'm happy for you, and I'll let you finish, but I got something to say. Insert Taylor Swift emoji, Taylor Swift moment right here. goes to the hard camera and basically says now girl I done told you you don't even go here but if you want to put your hands on me I want you here there when or where I promise you I'm a whoop that ass 
Short, sweet, simple, right to the fucking point. Bel Air called out Flair. I mean, after what happened to take over Portland when Charlotte attacked Rhea and Bianca and Charlotte accepting Rhea's challenge. Bianca wants payback in the worst way possible. Now, I stated on the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly that was take over Portland. The one thing I kind of wanted, I was concerned about. was letting my concern was that Bianca Belair may not be even a factor in the NXT Women's Championship scene after her match with Charlotte Flair I figured they were going to wait at least a week or two for this match to go down I just wasn't so sure how Bianca was going to retaliate not at all. I'm a big fan of this matchup. Belair versus Flair. This has money written all over it. Now, I believe this will be Charlotte Flair's first NXT match in about three or four years. Already the heel coming in. Belair's going to get the love from the crowd. And I think these two are going to really show a good display of, of just tenacity, talent, all the, all the words you could think of in terms of in-ring action. All these words apply to that. Think of whatever words you want. I'm not exactly sure who would win this matchup. Now, a lot of people's fear is that after this, Belair is going to be just looked at as an afterthought. I'm not going to lie. She's going to be looked at as an afterthought and not factored into the grand scheme of things. A lot of people are clamoring for a triple threat match at WrestleMania 36 for the NXT Women's Championship. Do I want to see that? Now, if I remember correctly, I said no. The last time we saw a triple threat match, we all know what happened with that between Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda. That match didn't go over so well to me in my eyes. As I stated, WrestleMania 35, pretty much their energy was gone after Kofi versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. After that, I think they had two more matches and then the main event. None of which I cared about. After Kofi and Daniel had their big moment, had their big matchup, that energy was just sucked away like a vacuum cleaner. And gone. And me personally, I had stated. And then go check the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania weekend. Kofi and Daniel Bryan should have been the main event of WrestleMania 35 if that's the way we wanted to go out. The triple threat main event did not live up to the hype. It didn't. It didn't even come close. 
I, if I remember correctly, I had Kofi and Daniel being my match of the night. And an otherwise underwhelming WrestleMania 35. And I stick by that. And I double down on heavy. I love this moment. Because it came out of nowhere during the matchup. Now, Chelsea Green winning, that's whatever. I'll discuss her in a, in a little bit. And my actual thoughts about the match itself. But there's just no way that after what we saw with Bianca, that you weren't excited and ready for Belair versus Flair. I mean, the only place I would say you need to see it is on NXT. If you put it on like a Raw or SmackDown, the vibe will just not be hitting the same way. You have to do it in NXT. Because you could possibly have Rhea attack Charlotte after said match or Rhea helping Bianca win said matchup and then attacking Charlotte at right after. Again, I'm all for it. Big time all for it. I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what they do with Bel Air versus Flair. And how will the match play out? Does Rhea factor into it? Does Rhea factor before the ending of the match? Or after? There's a lot of, lot of moving parts here that we need to shore up. A lot of loose ends that need to be tied with this. Give Bel Air the victory, you make the case to have a triple threat. Give Charlotte the victory, people are going to bitch about Bianca not being part of the triple threat. Or at least being a triple threat. Again, me personally, I would just want it Charlotte versus Rhea. You came into this with that, you die by that. Would I want to? Would I be shocked if Belair beat Flair? Absolutely. I think it would be a definite shock victory for Belair to beat Flair. But we'll see how that goes. The. Cruiserweight Championship match between Jordan Devlin and Leo Rush. This was so much fun to watch. And it further cements how how good the Cruiserweight division is. Granted, I know the focus right now is on Devlin, Rush, and Garza. And that's fine. I can, I can rock with that. I like all three guys. For my money, Devlin versus Garza at TakeOver Tampa, I think is the match that needs to happen. If they decide to put the NXT Cruiserweight Championship on the line on that card. There is no other reason to have that match, but making Devlin and Garza a thing. Garza hasn't got his rematch yet. Last time I checked. He hasn't. I think they're biding their time with that. Having Rush beat Garza. Getting Rush the shot. And then Rush losing to Devlin. And then we can focus on Garza and Devlin. Which is fine by me. I am perfectly fine with this. 
This match, though, to open up the night was so well done. They went like 20 minutes, I think, to kick off the night. I think this was easily match of the night, hands down. Without question, this was match of the night. The crowd was easily behind Rush trying to regain the championship for a second time. They hate Jordan Devlin, and he's doing, and he did his job. Not only did he beat him by not using shenanigans, he beat him clean and left no doubt. This was so much fun to watch. The ending was pretty solid, too. Um, after, you know, uh, Devlin got the rope break for the Koji Clutch, referee counts reluctantly, get, uh, Leo has to let go at four. Leo dragging Devlin into the, in the drop zone, dries up once again. Uh, Devlin trips him up with the ropes. Devlin climbing up to join Leo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Leo fighting back, clubbing Devlin down, adjusts, hits a super poison Rana, hits the come up, goes for the cover, but his, his foot is on the ropes. Leo realizes this is the time to end it. Goes for the final hour and misses. Eats a headbutt from Devlin. Has wrist control. And at this point, it's Devlin inside. Devlin inside. One, two, three. Your winner and still Cruiserweight champion. Jordan Devlin. Do I think he's going to bring bring in the title to NXT? Absolutely. This is going to be fun to watch Jordan Devlin's rise in the Cruiserweight division. Do I think he's going to defend the title once more beforehand? Probably. I mean, given the fact that he has elbow bursitis at the moment, like I discussed on yesterday's episode, and if you haven't checked out that episode yet, please do check out the news of the weekend. I give you an hour and a half of, well, a third of that, was basically me ranting about how WWE is cha- making huge changes to the WrestleMania card six weeks before WrestleMania. I let you know how I feel about that, my thoughts, and a lot of curse words. So if you think you're going to get triggered, don't listen to that segment. But I encourage you to listen to that segment because it's going to be, it, it, it's a fire. I'm telling you, it is a fire 30 minute segment. I think I did good on it. I'm not going to be mad about it. Slept like a baby last night. Felt good. Felt good to let that aggression out every once in a while. But when you have a cruiserweight champion like Jordan Devlin, man, they, they, Devlin and Rush did very well to make this title match look as fantastic as it could be. I mean, Devlin had a majority of the offense. Perfectly fine. Makes sense for the babyface to take a beating before it starts to come back. They went into their bags to pull out all the moves they could. The standing Spanish fly, the super poison Rana, Rush was looking for the come up all night during that matchup. Finally hits it, and unfortunately, Devlin has to Devlin gets the foot on the ropes. Ring awareness, clever boy.
for the life of me. I hope NXT Cruiserweight, uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship match does go down at TakeOver Tampa. Especially given the fact that Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair are going to go one-on-one at WrestleMania 36 with the NXT Women's Championship on the line. I think it'd be wise for NXT to fill that matchup that would have been on TakeOver Tampa and replace it with the NXT Cruiserweight Championship between Jordan Devlin and Angel Garza. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. I can't wait till they start really ramping it up between these two. There's no really, there's really no other cruiserweight in the division right now that Devlin could face. None. Drew Gulak, maybe Kushida. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how NXT plays this. Again, with takeovers, it's a wait and see method for a lot of it. Like, again, we're in the early stages of building towards TakeOver Tampa. The number one thing NXT usually keeps focus on is how to progress the storylines of certain matchups that they have going. And I do hope that they really keep it, keep the mindset of, okay, let's keep things in mind. Let's, let's, we know what we got here. We know what we're going to do. Let's execute it and kill it at TakeOver Tampa. The last thing I want to discuss before we get into what I hated about this week's episode. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I was a little bit wary of how these two were going to explain themselves in terms of why Raquel helped Dakota. The the biggest question you have to always ask with any new alliance is, why? Why did you do what you do to help said other person win? So, I don't know who the dude is back there. I've seen him before. I think he works at AfterBuzz. And he asked, you know, what is the reason for the new alliance? Tegan Knox has ever gotten every opportunity and pushed Dakota aside. I know what that feels like. Watching others get opportunities first. Dakota was overlooked by her so-called friends, yet as an outcast for standing up for herself. Portland proved I have Dakota's back way more than anyone else has. Dakota states that I will return the favor, and together, we will be untouchable. In comes William Regal, walking over, congratulating Dakota on the victory. And he says, yes, this duo is untouchable. Except Raquel will be banned from ringside. And you, Dakota Kai, will be facing Tegan Knox in two weeks inside a steel cage. Two weeks time, we get a cage match again. This gonna be fun. Knox versus Kai continues. And I like the fact that they're gonna be having this on 
NXT TV instead of a takeover. Second week of build towards TakeOver Tampa, and you're giving me Kai versus Knox. Now the now the feud is at 1-1. With Tegan defeating Kai just about just about a month or so ago. Kai returning the favor. Raquel Gonzalez helping Dakota Kai get the victory over Tegan. We're at 1-1. And now it's time to end the feud with a steel cage match. I don't know what's going to happen between these two. I had picked Dakota Kai to defeat Tegan Knox because I think it made the most sense. Not only is this a way to, was that a way to help get her win back over Tegan, she'll have done it by, well, whatever the hell she wanted because it was a, pretty much a street fight. No disqualifications, no count ons, no rules. I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out. Do they go with Tegan, the babyface, to oh, get her, give Kai her comeuppance? Or does Kai... Is Kai able to get the victory over me? I wish it was me. Get the, with the win over Tegan. I'm a little bit surprised that they're doing it so soon, but I, uh, this is more of the strike while the iron is hot theory makes the most sense that'll probably be the main event of nxt in two weeks time but now at least we have a reason as to why raquel helped dakota and it made sense she has seen what dakota has gone through because she went through what dakota went through being looked at as the outcast and you know now she knows i have her back Go to play in between pretty much saying that I have yours. We have each other's backs now. We're in alliance. It's gonna be fun to watch to see how well Kai and Gonzalez gel. Now, unfortunately for Kai, Raquel's barred from ringside because they're gonna be fighting in a steel cage. I don't know if she gets involved. She probably will. For the life of me, I have enjoyed this feud. I have enjoyed these two ever since war games happened and Kai attacked Tegan. This has been a very fun feud to watch. And I know in a couple weeks time, and I should say next week, we're going to be enjoying a steel cage match between Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was what I loved about NXT last week. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about what I hated from last week's episode of NXT. It's going to be interesting to see how many things I did not like about the show. Because surprisingly, there was not a lot of things I liked about the show. You're wondering why I didn't talk about Velveteen and Roddy. You're wondering what, what I think about Leon Dajakovic. What I think about Chelsea Green. We're going to discuss all that when we come back from the break on the debut episode of Last Week, This Week. We'll be right back.
And we are back with episode 172 of the Young Lions Perspective, the debut episode of last week, this week. And now we get into what I hated about NXT. And now, as of late, when it comes to NXT episodes, I really haven't had much to really be mad at, you know, given the fact that it was the lead up to take over Portland, usually NXT always seems to put their best foot forward in the weeks coming up to a takeover. Usually in a post-takeover Fallout episode, they haven't really missed their mark in terms of, you know, really getting things going, really put keeping their foot on the gas pedal and not really, you know, letting off the gas at all. second there we go but it seemed like this week they kind of let off the gas a tad bit now necessarily now this is not necessarily the worst thing in the world it's not you're not gonna get a banger of an episode every single week when you're watching nxt nor will you get a banger of an episode every single time you watch aew trust me when i've done you know now what I'm calling like the fuse episodes. Not every week of AEW Dynamite is fire. Not every week of AEW Dynamite is gonna be an absolute banger. But for the most part, when it comes, we come closer to takeovers, that's when they really hit their stride. So I'm not really going to go ape shit and rant and rave and bitch and moan or anything like that. But there are some things that gave me cause for concern about this episode. So we'll start from the highest of them all, and we'll make our way down to the nonsense, to the little little nonsense. So let's begin with the one, the really one big thing I was really big about. I wasn't really too keen on. And... uh, it really pains me to say this, and I know a lot of people were probably thinking, in terms of Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic, this feud is done to me. Lee versus Dajakovic happened five times between September of last year all the way up to NXT TakeOver Portland last Sunday. Take away the draws. Keith Lee, two. Dominic Dijakovic, one. This feud is over. There, honestly, shouldn't be anything else Lee and Dijakovic need to do at all for a very, very long time. I'm not saying this is going to get into Roman Reigns' Baron Corbin territory, because trust me when I tell you, I can go off on that for and uh, and make it a literal episode in and of itself. But this ain't, we ain't talking about main roster shit, nor do we talk about main roster shit, unless it's the good, the bad, and uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. What I will say though is that NXT really have considered starting to separate the two of them. 
Again, I really would want to let this just simmer down a little bit. You've already really gotten a ton of what you wanted out of this. Seriously, they should really consider... They really should have considered... Just falling back on this for, I'd say, a good... A good nine ten months I feel no need to see this match again I don't I could literally wait on it for anywhere between six to nine months and if at that point they want to revisit it that's fine we can revisit that when we get to that point but right now not really the best of ideas to let this continue. So let's, let's get into what happened. So Keith Lee comes out, of course, you know, with uh, his match with Dominic Djokovic, basking in his glory with the NXT North American Championship, still your North American champion. Lee grabs the mic and it looks like he was about to start speaking when he gets interrupted by Kona Reeves. Now, I did not know he was actually in NXT UK. I might have to actually go back and check that out to see what the hell he did over there. Got some work with the UK bruvs. And also shout out to my UK bruvs across the pond. And shout out to my homie Jermaine, squad man Jeremy. I believe Jeremy's from the UK. I'm not exactly sure. Jeremy, if you're here from the UK, let me know. But shout out to my, uh, my UK brethren out there who do listen to this podcast. Much appreciated. And if much appreciated, y'all supporting the Wrestle Attic Radio movement. But he is not in a happy mood, apparently. Looked like somebody shitting his cornflakes earlier that morning. He gets the mic. And um, Keith Lee ain't about to have nobody raining on uh, his parade here. He eats a pounce. Then Then he pretty much says, you can ring the bell. Rings the bell. Reeves runs into an, uh, a knee from Lee. Picks him up. Fireman's carry. Big bang catastrophe. One, two, three. Let's get it out of here. I laughed my ass off. That was the that was the funny part. Then we got into the bad part. Out comes Donovan Dajkovic. Telling Keith, I'm not ready to move on yet. He's like a jilted ex at this point. And I kind of don't like when wrestlers get to that point. He says, we both know that I almost beat you. That top rope move that almost finished you, but it finished my back. That's why there was no feast your eyes. Because if I hit that move, if, if, that's all I'm hearing from you, Dijakovic. Excuses. Excuses. You can say if all you want. But the fact is, I won. But I must admit, Everywhere you and I have gone, it's always the same thing. Fans start chanting fight forever. So while you didn't win the last time, I'm up for it. The fans are up for it. And if you can get Regal to approve 
then we can really fight forever. Now, as well as that promo was, and it was good, I see no need to see a sixth. I don't. This literally was a five-match series. Both drew twice. Both men ate a loss. Keith Lee took two. Dajakovic got one. Tropical orange sparkling water, man. It's a beautiful thing. I digress. Keith Lee. And NXT really should be focusing on Keith Lee's next contender for the NXT North American Championship. You have a bevy of talent right now at your disposal that you can be using. Damian Priest, Killian Dane are two that easily come to mind. Immediately come to mind. Austin Theory, start building him up. You know, Finn Balor, if they want to go that route somewhere down the line, I think that might be cool. But you really, but NXT really needs to start focusing on new opponents for Keith Lee. There's no need for Dajakovic to be his opponent at TakeOver Tampa again. Lee won clean. Beat Dajakovic clean. No reason for him to even bother. I don't see the need to do this. I really don't. And for some reason, I NXT thinks this is a good idea. It'll be very hard to convince me personally that they can make this a, make a sixth match out of this and make it worth my time. It's one of it's one of those situations. It's like a so, it's like a soccer match. Teams play if a team played five games, teams drew two, drew twice, like a three three one one type deal zero zero. One team won twice, the other team no, and the only other team won once. Then that series, then that whole like that five game stretch is over. Two one and two. And that's how it should be. They need to start lining up opponents for Keith Lee. They need to start... Fo they, they literally have like a month and change to find a new opponent for Keith Lee to take on at Tampa. Don't get don't get it twisted. I love Dajakovic. I am a big fan of Dominic Dajakovic. I stand by him. I think he's going to be an absolute beast in NXT. But right now, Dajakovic needs to fall back into the background for a tad bit. Keith Lee should be focusing on a new opponent. Now, if that is Damian Priest, they need to start building him up. If they need, if it's Killian Dane, they need to start building him up. But right now, honestly, at this very moment, and this may just be, I mean, wait, I mean, literally marinating on it, watching it last night, as I want, you know, watching it, I thought to myself, this doesn't need to be happening. So, we'll see how this goes. But it's going to take a lot to convince me that Lee Dajakovic is still the feud. That needs to continue. Don't get it to a point where it becomes Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. 
a feud that should have ended two months ago. Real shit. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not a big, I'm not a, not, I'm not really digging the Chelsea Green deal right now. Not a big fan of the new Green deal either, because that's going to be hella money. But we don't do politics over here. That's not my bread and butter. Professional wrestling is. And watching Chelsea Green versus Caden Carter too. Homegirl's got a lot of work to do if they're going to try to make her a big fucking deal in NXT. I understand, you know, the NXT women's division right now is very top-heavy. Totally get that. I get that they're trying to get the Robert Stone brand deal off the ground. Personally, I want to see what... Me- what- Home, well, um, Malcolm Blevins is about to do. I want to see that shit. When they gonna do that? Where they do that at? Cause that boy is a is a troll and a half on freaking social media. He is funny as hell. Hell, the most recent video of him just creeping the fuck out of Dakota Kai was hilarious. But somehow they ain't putting him on NXT telly. What's up with that? I don't know. I mean, I can understand if, you know, it's just Carter and Green do not have chemistry at all. Possible. But the, the match she had with Caden just wasn't hitting. Didn't hit for me. It didn't really, you know, didn't really do what I thought they were going to do. And then when they did what they did, and I was like, all I really liked about the match was the Bianca promo. I ain't really like much else about this this I mean this was one of those matches where I was just like ooh I you know that's that's cool good win she got her match she got her win back cool but there's nothing honestly about Chelsea Green that that clicked for me yet I don't know I'm I'm trying to figure out this Malcolm uh, I was about to say Malcolm Blevins um, the Robert Stone brand. I'm trying to figure out this whole thing out. I always, you know, I said it the last time we spoke about this. I know it's going to take some time to actually get this off the ground. But this also relies on Chelsea to do a little bit better. Now, again, this is the second time we've seen her in the ring. And maybe if she got a different opponent, maybe it would be a little bit different, which is fine. I don't know. I mean, just something. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's got the look. She's got the look down. She, she's a very attractive woman. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Zack Ryder, good for you, Pepper. She's got that down. And she's a thirst trap and a half on motherfucking Instagram. If you if you follow her on Instagram, she's a thirst trap and a half. Zack Ryder, tell you gotta stop it. Real shit. Just, just, just put this. I'm, I'm looking out for you, homie. Tell you gotta chill the fuck out. But. As far as in ring goes, maybe it's just Caden and her not mesh. Don't they do not mesh well? They're like a tuna fish in the meatball. Or for those of you science nerds out there, oil and vinegar it just doesn't mix. Let's put it on a sub. And apparently, people like that shit. For the life of me, I do not know why. That is a terrible combination. <laughs> Oil and water. Let's go with that. That's a better combo. Because that, that don't mesh well at fucking all. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. I don't know. But 
for some reason when I when I watched that match last night, and I'm just like, I maybe maybe it could work. I don't know, but again, it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take a good amount of time for myself to maybe get into the swing of things with this. I don't know. I really don't know. We'll see. I mean, somewhere down the line, maybe we'll see something happen. Maybe if she gets into a another feud, maybe that, you know, it could work a little bit better. I don't know. Now, when I, when I talk about the tag team division, we're still in the beginnings of the resurgence. I still believe wholeheartedly that we will have a resurgence in 2020. I think we'll get that. I think it's going to be very, very fun to watch once we get that going. Um, we saw the Grizzly Young Veterans get a victory over Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. The Brozowitz, of course, handled business last night. And unfortunately, the Stallion Cup got a wellness violation and suspended for 30 days. F's, F's, pay respects, of course. We'll take a moment. Okay, we're done. And now, Grizzle Young Veterans versus the Forgotten Sons. We must have forgotten about Blake, Riker. I forgot the other fucking name. That's how. That's how much we. That's how much I don't see the fucking Forgotten Sons. That's bad. Okay, that's bad. That's a little bit bad. You know, just that, that wasn't a good time. Steve Cutler. My apologies. So apparently, you know, we're going to get GYV versus the Forgotten Sun sometime soon. I don't know. Now, the reason this is part of the segment is because, um, I know for a fact that the Forgotten Sons are probably going to take the L against the GYV. Maybe. I don't know, but the Brozowitz are going to need some opponents to take over Tampa. And if it's going to lead to an NXT UK tag team facing an NXT tag team for the tag titles, it's going to be cause for concern for me because, yeah, the, again, the tag team division as of right now is, is a little bit uh, lacking for my taste. Again, I'm a fan of tag team wrestling. Y'all know this. I break it down chapter and verse as much as I can. But I know we have Kushida and Alex Shelley. I don't know when they're going to be returning to the ring as a tag team. That's another tag team. You have, of course, O'Reilly and uh, Fish. That will probably that rematch will probably be happening sometime, probably in March. But after that, and after we get past Tampa. That's when they're really going to have to ramp things up a little bit. They really are. And if it gets past Tampa and we still don't have much of a division, that's when you're going to start seeing concern from yours truly. A, A lot of concern. 
I, I do, I, I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan of, you know, the NXT Tag Team Division. I know they can do a lot of things. They've had, they have the track record. I mean, they can make it work. They can easily make this work. It's just going to be a lot of work that's going to be put in by NXT. I think this is going to be their their biggest task of 2020 is revamping and revitalizing the NXT tag NXT tag team division. That's going to be their biggest task of the year. Now, maybe they find some maybe they find some tag teams. You know, maybe they bring some tag teams down for the main roster that aren't being utilized. That would be a wise idea. Um Maybe the Street Profits shouldn't have been deserved to go up yet because I don't think they were ready. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. That ain't none of my business. But when it comes to this, again, they would be wise to hopefully start getting things going. And see where, and hopefully have an idea in place and get things going for the division. Because without the tag team division, it's not going to be, you're not, they're not going to be having a good time in 2020. And I'm going to let, I'm going to make sure they hear it. Whether they hear this podcast or not. That's why I always tell you to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast and spread the word far and wide. I'm not saying we're in panic mode just yet. But if it gets past Tampa and we still don't have, the beginnings of the division that's when I'm going to go off and to round out this portion of the program before we get into tomorrow night's episode of NXT in the next segment Velveteen Dream vs. Roderick Strong I know, I know, I know Velveteen Dream's back, all this good shit I listened to a video from F4W online earlier this morning, earlier this after, actually earlier this morning when I was on my break time, uh, with my uh, my team that I work with, talking about you know, Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong and all this stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, I love the fact that Velveteen Dream is back, I am happy he has returned, but after. You know, just I think I was in the moment. I got caught in the moment last week when I watched not not this past not last week, the week before that, when um you know, Dream was cutting his promos and all that good stuff, and he had, you know, the Marina and him, Marina and uh their son, uh Roddy and Marina's son on his tights. I'm I think I was a prisoner of the moment. I think that's what it was. And maybe the way they're going to go about it, it screams, that ain't it, Chief. I feel no need. I Actually, let me rephrase that. I see no need in Velveteen Dream coming back 
acting like a heel, going after Marina and Roddy's son. I feel no need for it. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna agree with Brian Everett on this one. I'm gonna rock with this. I wasn't feeling it, and the weird part was, you know, the crowd wasn't really that behind the match. I mean, they had their moments where the crowd was going, you know, had their moments where the crowd was going and getting into it. But, you know, I mean, Dream did win. That's a plus. But I, I really don't think that this was the best idea, uh, the best way to approach Velveteen Dream's return. Now, had they not gone this route, what I would be saying, and I would put this in the good segment, my first thing, I would make this one of the most important things of the segment, but I would have been saying at this very moment, I may be changing my tune in terms of who will face Adam Cole at TakeOver Tampa for the NXT Championship. Now, I stated that Balor Cole, too, will more than likely be the match to happen at TakeOver Tampa for the NXT Championship. Finn Balor pretty much said it himself, my future is my past. And I think the end game would be for Balor to win back the NXT Championship. Had they not gone, had they not really gone the way they are going right now, going with the angle of Velveteen Dream going after Roddy's family, I could easily say, I would easily be saying right now that maybe Velveteen Dream is the one to take the title off of Adam Cole. I would love to be saying it right now, but I can't. Now, don't get me wrong, the troll job of having Marina Shafir's face all over his junk area and his bootang um, made me laugh my ass off. I ain't gonna front about that. I love, You know I love pettiness, and that shit was funny as shit. In terms of psychological games, Velveteen Dream has it down to a freaking science. It's not even a, not even a freaking issue. He's, he just got that, and it's just regular. But I, for the life of me, don't necessarily think that they really need to be doing this angle. You could easily just have Velveteen Dream gun after every single member of the Undisputed Era for the fact that they took him out of action for five months. Throwing him off the trailer, fucking his back up. And we could have just left it at that. And I would have been perfectly fine with that. And Homeboy could have just went on a straight rampage, taking out the Undisputed Era, possibly facing Adam Cole for the NXT Championship at TakeOver Tampa. I easily would have been perfectly fine with him getting his revenge. Maybe this will evolve into something that does lead to an Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream Championship match. As it stands right now, though,
I'm not really necessarily feeling this whole I'm gonna go after your family. It's been tried. It's been tried and it's been tried and done over decades. I just don't see. I just. I don't know. It just. The cool Kevin Hart makes my balls itch. I don't know. It just—it's just not something I'm really into. Again, I'm all for the pettiness with the you know Marina Shafir airbrushed you know her you know their her face all over his junk and his booty, and I'm sure Marina Shafir is getting fucking a uh, fucking kick out of this shit, 100 percent, because you, because I'm sure the missus would want to you know they want to make sure Mrs. Roddy Strong got on board with this. Beforehand, I'm sure she got a hell of a kick out of it. Um, once she saw, I'm sure she, I'm guaranteeing she probably saw this and just like, oh my fucking god, he gonna, my face is gonna be all over this man's junk. I can't deal with this shit. Had a good laugh, but in terms of the angle they're trying to pull, I'm not necessarily feeling it. And it's hard for me. It's it's really one of those things where it's just like, you're probably you're probably just hand on your chest, just shocked as hell. I'm not saying you're triggered. Don't get triggered. We ain't got that time to be triggered. Trust me, I got all I got all WrestleMania season to be triggered as fuck. Don't mind me. It's this is I mean, again, just have dream gun for the undisputed era. The way you could have done it, maybe I don't know, is to do the same thing that he did to him. Take a page out of the Forgotten Sons playbook, do one to others. It's the golden rule. Do one to others that you want them done to you. You you fuck my back up for five months, I'ma fuck your shit up. Eye for an eye. Jay-Z said it best. If you if you shoot my dog, I'ma kill your cat. It's the unwritten rules of rap. If you try to take me out, I'ma take you out. And it's to have that lead all the way up to Tampa. And Cole's the only one left. Start with Roddy. Somehow get to O'Reilly and Fish. Because the rematch between the Broserweights and O'Reilly and Fish is imminent. Have Dream be the one to cause a distraction. Or somehow attack both of them while the referee's back is turned or a spot during the matchup. Somehow screw them over. Skate free. Broseways at the riddle end. One, two, three, and we get the hell out of here. And then it leads to Adam Cole. Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, NXT Championship, take over Tampa. You could have done it that way. Could have done it my way. And have a better route and have a wonderful six weeks of build for that. But I, I'm just at this very moment with what we have going on. Cole versus Balor is going to be the match that I'm predicting is going to go down and take over Tampa for the NXT Championship. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really going to be curious to see what they do with this. But right now, I'm kind of soured on it. Kind of not feeling it. And that concerns me. It does. Because I want, I, I I know Velveteen Dream can go. I know Roddy Strong can go. I know what they're both capable of. I know what Velveteen Dream's capable of. Just right now, in, at this very point, with this, I don't know. 
I just, I, I just, just something that disrupts me the wrong way about it. And hopefully they can expand on this and somehow make it worthwhile and worth my time to invest in. But that is going to do it for the last week portion of the program. In the next segment, I'm going to discuss what's going to be going down this week and get you ready for NXT tomorrow night. We'll be right back. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 172 of the Young Lions Perspective. We've now gone through the last week portion of last week this week, and now we're going to get into talking about this week's upcoming episode of NXT. So, we already know, for the most part, Bianca Belair has called out Charlotte Flair, especially uh, what happened during the Chelsea Green Caden Carter matchup. Yeah. So, this is actually from WWE.com. And I usually hate, you know, this website. Nine times out of ten, they just give me some dumb bullshit. But, we do know now, Charlotte Flair is going to be coming back to NXT for the first time in a few years to take on Bianca Belair. The Queen is coming to NXT to give the EST exactly what she asked for. Charlotte Flair will wrestle her first match on the black and gold brand in more than four years tomorrow night when she looks to settle the score with Bianca Belair. Accepting Rhea Ripley's WrestleMania challenge, Flair attacked the Nightmare immediately following her victory over Belair at NXT TakeOver Portland. But the NXT Women's Champion wasn't the only target of the Queen, who also sent the EST careening into the steel steps before exiting. Belair, who already felt disrespected after Flair's last appearance on NXT, responded by commandeering the ring during the match between Caden Carter and Chelsea Green this past week to call out Charlotte, and she didn't mince words about her intentions. The 10-time Women's Champion responded on Twitter, quote, NXT women calling out the Queen is apparently the trending thing to do. I would want to face the best too. See you Wednesday. A victory would be the biggest feather in Belair's cap to date, while Charlotte can send Ripley a message with a win ahead of the WrestleMania showdown. Who will prevail, the Queen or the EST? I'm going to enjoy the fuck out this match, real talk. I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. I'm going to enjoy this. Um, Now, I understand that NXT is trying to do their damnedest to ensure that the people, the talent of the brand are the focus of the show. But every once in a while, it never hurts to bring down the main roster star and, you know, shake things up a little bit. If you listen to uh, my old shit back when I was still doing the Young Lions Perspective as an indie guy, uh, as, I like to, as I like to call it before I made my call, got my call up, to the War Familia, I had really chapter and verse, verse book and proper and I probably had this span over about, I'd say, three, four months. And I, and I had it down to a freaking science of how I would have booked um, Sasha Banks and Bailey's tag team title reign. 
when they were the women's tag team champions. Um, I had literally laid it all out flat on the table. I did it as a regular occurrence. So much so to the point where I really didn't need, it was just automatic. I could just go off, I could just literally just throw it in there when I needed to. Game plan was, the, the, the focus of said title reign was simple. Going off of what Bailey and Sasha had said, they wanted to go down the NXT and challenge an NXT tag team for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Now, the team that I would have liked to see them face, personally, would have been... Now, all roads would have led to Asuka versus Kyrie at SummerSlam for the for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, at which point Asuka and Kyrie would have taken the titles off of them anyway. But during the booking of said title reign, I had them going down to NXT for TakeOver 25 and defending the NXT the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against the team of Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. At the time, there weren't many tag teams. The only other tag team I would have probably would have thought would have been Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. But the reason I had booked Marina and Jessamyn versus Bailey and Sasha was to plant the seed of the Four Horsewomen versus Four Horsewomen. Now, in my in my wonderful world of fantasy booking, all roads would have led to a Four Horsewomen versus Four Horsewomen match Survivor Series. But apparently, you know, WWE don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, and I booked the shit better than them with my damn eyes closed. My nephew can book this shit better than freaking WWE. He's four. My niece could book this shit better than him. She's two. My dog could book this shit better than WWE. She's 10 and can't even speak English. Now, going back to Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair, it wouldn't... I basically said that say this. It never does hurt to bring down a main roster star. We talked about it yesterday on episode 172 of the Young Lions Perspective with Naomi even asked to go down to NXT. Tyler Breeze came down to NXT. Now Fandango and Breezango have reunited and it feels so good. Unfortunately, Dango has Tommy John, had Tommy John, so he's pretty much going to be out for a year on NXT. And I feel more wrestlers to follow suit. Hold on, I said that wrong. More wrestlers should follow suit. I sometimes can't say SH's words to save my damn life. I can't help myself. It be's like that sometimes. It really be like that sometimes. But it never, and, and I know, and I, I think they're doing this for the most part because of what AEW is going to be doing tomorrow night, especially given the fact that AEW Revo- every, uh, AEW's uh, go-home show for Revolution is tomorrow night, and we are getting Pac versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm talking AEW on an NXT show. Deal with it. All right? But for me personally, a lot, and, and I think a lot of people are going to be determining... If you know, this is going to determine a lot of things. It's going to determine a lot of things, and a lot of people are really nervous about if Bel Air is going to be involved. There, there, people are saying, and I'm sure you've seen it on your your timelines. They are hoping for a Bel Air Ripley 
and Flare Triple Threat. Again, I'm not a big fan of it, and I've, I've I even you know spoke about it at length on the good, the bad, and the ugly that was NXT Takeover Portland. My biggest concern is that after Flair Belair goes down, that's pretty much going to be it for Belair. Meaning, I guess I'm leaning towards Flair defeating Belair. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night between these two. Do I expect a good match out of them? Absolutely. That's a given. A talent like Belair, and I know Charlotte will get up for this one. Charlotte will definitely get up for this match. And I think she'll put on one of her better matches to date in recent memory. What do you want, Marley? What do you want? Huh? What do you want? Yeah, I see you side-eyeing me. Yeah, I see you. Hi. And that was your obligatory Marley moment of the show. We haven't had one in a while, so it's always good to get one in. It's going to be interesting to see what is going to happen with Flair and Belair tomorrow night. Like I said, this is going to determine a lot of things. And and if a uh, a Belair loss goes down, a lot of people are going to be wondering. They're really trying to keep Belair out of a triple threat match, which she deserves. I do not know if she does or not. That ain't for me to decide. That's, That's for NXT to decide. And if they decide to have Bel Air and pull the trigger and have Belly beat Flair, then hey, then you have doors wide the fuck open for a triple threat. And I think, honestly, it would be a better triple threat this time around than the one we got last year. We also found out next week, Tommaso Ciampa and Austin Theory are going to go one-on-one. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me get in my Bernie Mac. Let me tell you something. Or was it Charles Bryant? Let me tell you something. Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace of Kobe Bryant. Um, nah. This is going to be an actual... I think this is going to be a fun matchup. I really do. I'm a big fan of Austin Theory. If y'all did not see this man in Evolve... <sighs> Miscuzzi. Y'all missed out on some good ass shit. <laughs> Him and him in the feud with JD Drake, him in the feud with Josh Briggs. Boy. Austin Theory is no fucking joke. I really do believe that. Austin Theory is no fucking joke. Alright. And for the life of me. cannot wait to see how Champa and Theory mesh. They either can mesh like oil and water or they can mix well like rum and coke. And me personally, I love me some rum and coke. Bacardi rum, please. Ice. Need that. Little straw. I'm weird like that. But let's keep it funky. It's it's always nice to see the younger guys take on the vets. It's always a good thing. 
especially with the guy with talent like Austin Theory. I think he can definitely make just make some waves in 2020. But I think now here's my status. Now here's my scouting report on how I see Austin Theory's run going this year. It usually goes the same way I usually see most talent. Um, Austin Theory will be get will be taking some L's, but he'll be getting some good experiences out of it. That's how I usually see most of the talent. And that's kind of like this, and that's kind of the same way um, how most of it usually goes. Most people, when they come in and get on NXT TV, they start, they actually have, and this is the kind of the, the way I've been seeing it lately. It goes either one of two ways. Either they get a hot streak, and they become absolute fire, or they have some banger-ass matches. And then they start to have their first feuds. They start, you know, and at that point, that's when they start building towards, you know, them being, you know, mid-tier, getting into the top tier later on. In terms of Austin Theory, it's the latter. I think with this, this I mean, he's just, uh, he's just gonna be a victim of Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, unless Gargano gets involved, then it's gonna be fucking hilarious. But I think in this case, Theory is going to have a solid match with Tommaso Ciampa. I think Tommaso Ciampa is one of those guys that I think they can work well together. And especially given the fact that of what happened last week, that's carrying over into this week. See what I did there? I think the, I think there's going to be a lot of... The way they're going to go about it is Theory is going to be a pissed off dude. Now, I've taken some bumps in my day. Not actual wrestling bumps, but I've, I've, fallen, I've fallen off shit. I, but I, at four years old, I damn near broke my neck doing a backflip. Ask my mom, she'll tell you. Um, I've been hit in the football with a football helmet live with uh, in the Adam's apple. Knocked the wind out of my ass when I was eight. I fucked up my ankle. I have literally fucked up two of my fingers on my right hand. One of my, one of my thumbs has bone chips that will never heal forever. Staring at it right now, looks pretty fucking cool. But yeah, my thumb will never heal properly bone chips in that bitch forever my ring finger if i ever got married i would have to get a huge i would get a much bigger size i would have to get a size 11 ring real shit because i fucked that when i'm two i have fucked my knee up i have i i, I fucked my ankle my ankle up more times than i can count surprisingly thank goodness never had no major injuries so i'm good with that but i've had some solid bumps and bruises in my day I mean, you you work in the job I work at. You bump your head on a couple beams every once in a while. No hard hat. No CTE either, which is actually a plus. But I cannot think of being okay with taking 11 straight bumps on a steel railing. Now, of course, you're being careful. You're selling the whole thing, but it's you. You still going? Your body's still cracking on steel, my guy. All right. Let's not get that twisted. But Austin Theory, I think, is going to come out with guns blazing in this matchup against Tommaso Ciampa. Now, again, this is more so along the lines of getting Ciampa progressing towards Johnny Gargano as we head towards TakeOver Tampa. But I think this is going to be a great experience for Austin Theory to get his feet wet against a top-tier guy, a former NXT champion in Tommaso Ciampa. This is going to be a fun matchup. And I think the eyes of NXT, you know, the NXT brass, 
do see something in Austin Theory. I mean, he's a blue chip prospect. Or, you know, as JR used to say, he's a blue chipper. I see Austin Theory having some really good matches. May not always get the victory, but I think 2020 is going to be a learning year for Austin Theory. I really do. And I kind of said that I kind of thought the same way about Keith Lee and a couple other guys. You know, they had their learning year. I think with Keith, Keith Lee was kind of the same way. He really wasn't getting his opportunities. All of a sudden, though, things started to click. And then Survivor Series weekend came around and he killed it in the War Games match and then had that, you know, trying to almost beat Roman Reigns in Survivor Series. That's when the ball started getting rolling for Keith Lee. And now WWE brass is high on Big Homie. So much so that there were reports talking about he might be in the WrestleMania card. Now, I know that ain't going to happen because he's got NXT uh, TakeOver Tampa to take, take care of. But even reports like that showing that WWE is high on Lee right now? Shit. NXT is high on Austin Theory. And I think with this matchup, this is going to be a really, this is going to go a long way into seeing where Austin Theory is going to be in 2021. I'd say late 2020, early 2021 is when I think Austin Theory is going to make some waves. If we get the same story going into War Games, and Austin Theory is starting to get on takeovers, that's when you know NXT is thinking, we can we, we definitely see something in this guy and for the long term. I think late 2020, early 2021 is really when he's going to hit his stride. And if it does go down the way, I think it's going to go down. Remember where the fuck you heard it. And all we know, and now all we know of left about tomorrow night's episode of NXT is Finn Balor. This is all I know right now. Um, actually, while while I, you know, while I have you, we're gonna go on the laptop real quick. Least professional podcast on the whole damn spectrum of anchor. <laughs> it's what I do. Honestly, like I, I really never try to like plan things in such. I mean, I know what I, I know what I got. I know what I'm gonna get into, but usually nine times out of ten, I'm usually just like, okay, we're just gonna do this real quick. <laughs> we'll talk about oh man, oh the Spanish fly for Walmart counter. My God, that was that was a weird flex. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see if I can find it. I'm gonna find it. We're gonna search NXT freely. Ooh, excuse me. Damn. Bubs. A little bit of the bubbly. Um, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. Okay, so they really don't have anything in terms of um, uh, NXT has fumbled at the Golden Kai team. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Kate Satsis. Um, So. I really have nothing else in terms of a preview um, for, I really don't, I have nothing besides, you know, talking about Finn Balor real quick. So let's talk about Finn Balor real quick. Uh, in terms of what we may see going down tomorrow night for Finn, um,
of course, in his in the promo that he had, he talked about, you know, once again showing the world that, you know, when you come to the, you know, you know, when you come at the Prince, you best not miss. Johnny Gargano missed. And now, and what's the next step going to be? What the fuck is on my television? People just crashing this. Okay, never mind. I mean, let me try to round this segment up. I'm winding it up. I'm winding it down. I don't know what, what exactly is going to happen with, with what Finn Balor is going to say. For my money, I think he's going to be focusing now back on Adam Cole. I think that's what they're going to be looking towards in terms of, you know, what they're going to be doing for that. I think that would be the best course of action to take. Um, that would be the easiest course of action to take. Is that now? Is now after he's done with dealt with everything, um, that should be the focus. That should be the easiest focus right now, hands down. And and that should be honestly be the focus. That this is the this should be the easiest thing in the world. After everything, after everything I've gone through, I've gone through Johnny Gargano, I've gone through Matt Riddle. Adam Cole, I'm coming back for you. The only reason you beat me was because of the fact that Johnny Gargano got in my way. Now, I'll give you credit. You took advantage of my shit. You took advantage of the situation. And you got and you caught me. But you know what? Next time, when you just make sure this time you don't miss. I think that what that that might be the case. I think that might be the case for what we're going to see tomorrow night um, for Finn Balor. I'm not exactly sure. Things could be different. It could be a little bit different. I mean, NXT usually likes to throw curveballs like it's nothing. That nice little 12 to 6 action. So, I mean, again, anything could happen with that. But if I'm going to make an educated guess, I'm going to go with Balor going on and cutting a promo stating, Adam Cole, I'm coming after you. And I'm coming after that NXT TakeOver, NXT Championship. And by the time we get to NXT TakeOver Tampa, my future will be my past. There's no two ways about it. Until I see otherwise, I'm going with Cole versus Balor too for the NXT Championship at TakeOver Tampa. If they prove me otherwise... I'll come on here and say it. Y'all proved me wrong. Until then, we have to, we have to take the hand that we're dealt, and we got to play with the cards that we have at the moment. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 172, 173, I should say, I'm sorry, of the Young Lions Perspective, the debut episode of last week, this week. I hope you guys enjoy the format, uh, what, what we did here. Of course, you know, again, it's like Love Hit, but now we get to preview and get ready for the upcoming NXT show. We're going to make this a weekly thing. It's going to be fun. I hope you guys enjoy the ride and all that good stuff. But, of course, like I said, this is going to conclude episode 173. And as always, we're going to end the show in proper wild fashion and get you ready for episode 174 of The Young Lion's Perspective. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 173 of the Young Lions Perspective, the debut episode of last week. 
this week. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions of what you thought about the debut episode of last week, this week, let me know what you thought. Let me know what you think, man. Let me know what was on your mind. Sound off. And send me a voice message. And of course, if you have any thoughts or opinions on any of the Wrestle Addict Radio uh, podcast, of course, my podcast, The Young Lions Perspective, The Kings of the Rings podcast with Kate Murphy, Big Homie Will, and the King Ricky Rose himself. And of course, the Game Changer podcast with Fretz and Nate. Do not hesitate to send uh, any of us a voice message on anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio if you're going to have one towards me. Put YLP in the voice message in the topic that you're talking about, and I'll take a listen to it, and if I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions Perspective. Share this episode across all of your social media, your Instagrams, your Facebooks, the Twitter, your Facebook Messenger, your Tinder, your Bumble, your Hinge, your Hilly, Whatever you got, your LinkedIn, you can send it by bird. I don't give a damn. Spread the word. Let the people know about the Young Lions Perspective, the Kings of the Rings podcast, and the Game Changer podcast of the WrestleMania Familiar. Let them know. Because what I got coming up, y'all know what it is. Next Monday, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was AEW Revolution. And surprisingly, the week after that, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WWE Elimination Chamber because apparently um, WWE's done dumb enough to have a pay-per-view literally a week after we have Super Showdown. I don't know why they do that. Couldn't let it marinate a couple weeks. But either way, we're going to be getting March 9th, the week after the good, the bad, and the ugly that was AEW Revolution. We're going to be getting the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WWE Elimination Chamber. So, unfortunately, for the next two weeks, you will not be getting any news of the weekend. And I, that hurts me just as much as it hurts you. I promise you that. And then, of course, the big one. The super big one. April 6th. The good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36 weekend. One of my favorite shows to do of the year because I get to talk all kinds of shit, no holds barred, you're going to get the best of me, and you're going to get the worst of this, it's one of my, like I said, it's one of my favorite shows to do of the calendar year, hands down, I, oh, I had fun with it last year, and I can't wait to do it again, especially for my first time under the Wrestle Addict Radio banner, it should be a good time with that, and of course you got to let the people know that the Young Lions Perspective and the Wrestle Attic Radio family is your alternative for professional wrestling podcast in that we are here to stay. Of course, as y'all know, we are the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Anyway, of course, most of, I know most of y'all don't have the Anchor app. Don't hurt my feelings whatsoever. For real, for real. It ain't hurt my feelings one bit. I've gotten past it. We good. But I know you guys also have different streaming platforms to check out all your podcasts, whether you listen to, you know, of course, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, Talkers Jericho podcast, don't matter what you listen to. Real shit. But if you still want to listen to 
my podcast, The Young Lions Perspective, The Kings of the Rings podcast, The Game Changer podcast, all that good stuff. If you don't have the Anchor app, you can still find these podcasts across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox FM, Pocket Cast, Podcast FM, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions perspective across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. Of course, if y'all want more exclusive content, all right, like Love and War, the show uh, with um, Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rose, and I'm telling you, if you have still not had checked out the first episode of that podcast, as a free preview, they did the first episode of Love and War. What a great episode that was. I still haven't checked out episode two yet, and I kind of feel bad about that. Um, so it's interesting. Um, they really, really dive deep into the whole world of just love and relationships, especially as a professional wrestling podcaster. You know, for us, it's a little bit different. Um, and they break it all down. Um, I know episode two is out right now, but the only way you're going to be finding out what they are saying over on Love and War episode two is if you check out our Patreon. That's right, we got a Patreon, Wrestle Addict Radio. Go on patreon.com, search for Wrestling Addict, Wrestle Addict Radio for a mere 17 cents a day. Literally, 17 cents, a dime, a nickel, two pennies. I guarantee you got that in your sock drawer, your, your change thing. I got that in my change thing right now. I do, I really do. All that equates up to $5 a month. For $5 a month, 17 cents a day, you can get exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. All right? Of course, this year you'll be getting, uh, of course, you'll be getting stuff from me. So, I mean, you, you definitely know what I want to hear about that. I've definitely got, I got some stuff in the works. Um, I would just want to make sure I have some t- enough time to actually sort everything out. And I'll definitely be putting something up on Patreon for sure, with it, I believe either the month of uh, month of March or April, depending on how things shake out. Um, it's a secret files episode, so you won't know what it is until you press play. I'm gonna put that out there right now. So, again, 17 cents a day, literally. Name the last time you spent five dollars on something that was worthwhile. Besides, maybe maybe um, you know, the double cheeseburger and fries at McDonald's. Now, that will only satisfy you for a minute, for a couple minutes. This content will satisfy you for a lifetime. And not only do you get access to all of the other, to the exclusive content we got going on over there on Patreon, you also get exclusive access to our Patreon chat. And there are a couple people in there. We are, you know, we talk during, you know, Monday Night Raws, um, AEW Dynamites, NXTs, any news that may come about. We talk about all that in the chat. So again, 17 cents a day gets you exclusive access to not only exclusive content, but you would be a part of the exclusive Patreon chat. Tell me, seriously, for 17 cents a day, I think that's not that's a pretty damn good deal if I say so myself. Again, patreon.com, patreon.com, search for the Wrestle, Wrestle Addict Radio, and you should be able to find it with ease. Again, $5 a month gets you all that exclusive content. If you want to Stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions perspective, though. You can follow me over on my Twitter, on the Twitter machine, at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R capital W, 
capital N, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday. Every Friday, SmackDown Live, I do live tweeting for that. Also, I do live tweeting for every AEW pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, and every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special. And on the rare occasion that I'm up at 3.30 in the morning and I had to go to the bathroom, I can't go back to sleep immediately on the weekend, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. It's rare, but I've done it. New beginning in Osaka, it happened. So, possibility is there for me to do it again. New Japan Cup's coming up. Sakura Genesis, the 49th anniversary show. A lot of stuff coming up for uh, NJPW, y'all. So, I may be doing that as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, I am followable there at young underscore lines underscore perspective. Spicy memes, 60 second thought videos, when I'm doing updates for shows. And when I'm, and of course, when I'm, what topics I'm going to be talking about for any and all episodes of the Young Lions Perspective podcast. Follow me over there on both of these platforms to stay up to date with the YLP podcast. So, episode 174 will be coming to you, of course, now this Thursday. We keep it up with that. Episode two of Light the Fuse. Y'all, we're going to be talking about what I loved and what I hated about tomorrow night's episode of AEW Dynamite. Of course, it is the go-home show for AEW Revolution this Saturday night, and I know for a fact it is going to be a banger of a show, given the fact that we're going to have Pac versus Kenny Omega in possibly the main event in a 30-minute Iron Man match. You don't want to miss this episode. Go-home shows are my shit. I enjoy them. I go all out for a go-home show. And I hope you're there with me. So until until Thursday, guys, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday night or your Wednesday morning whenever you listen to this podcast. And I'll see you guys right back here Thursday night for episode 174 of the Young Lions Perspective. See ya!